This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made For This. Rothy's are machine washable and made to last. For stylish and comfortable shoes, shop Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. Well, I know everybody is not sad to hear that today the Bob Goff is joining us from sunny California today. I believe you are in sunny California. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Just in the garage in San Diego. (laughs) Yes. Good. (laughs) So good to have you. I've missed you, friend. In fact, I have to begin because I think the last time you were on my podcast, I was talking about a dream I had to have a dog and you were just going to send me one. And I had to stop you because I was like, hey, 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 Zach Allen will not go for it. Bob Goff, we have a dog. Zach Allen gave in. Isn't that the best? I know. I think I heard about that. That just made me delighted. So we've come a long way since the last podcast. I That was a dream that I did not think would ever come. And today we're talking about passions. And I specifically wanted to have you on because you are so passionate, Bob. Obviously, like that is your life. You are just passionate. And you're passionate about a lot of things, a lot. You have a lot of passion for a lot of things. I think most people have a passion or two passions that they feel very strongly for. You have, I would, wouldn't you agree you have a lot? Yeah, I just have, I think I just came from the factory with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. And it isn't that like hyped up, red bulled out, over-caffeinated thing, but just living with a sense of anticipation. And I think that that is maybe this idea of following Jesus is living in constant anticipation and then knowing you'll be Mm -hmm. constantly misunderstood, that you won't understand yourself sometimes. And that that is the beauty of this adventure that we're on. We can understand, gosh, what is that connected to? Is that me being enthusiastic because I'm really actually super insecure and I've learned to cope with my insecurity by having putting a big layer of yippy skippy on it? Or is it that it's just truly, and so that isn't getting wrapped around the axle of introspection, but just hopefully there's some wisdom in that. So for the people listening to say, gosh, why do you do what you do and why do you do it? I want to go back to maybe the first time you did something real crazy. And maybe you, I bet, Bob, you were a kid that did the crazy things. But I mean, as an adult, when you kind of had a wacky idea or something that was a little bit out of the box, was there that moment that you felt like for the first time you really risked and saw God come through? Yeah, I think sometimes it's just showing up and you don't need to know all the details. The one that came to mind, I think you're aware of, I've I've, uh, sailed to Hawaii and back a couple of times, which is kind of ironic because I get deathly seasick. It's good for, uh, like I can drop 30 pounds on a trip because I just don't eat. And and I didn't know anything about it other than sailboat and head west. And there turns out there's more details than that. Uh, so we just kind of learned them on the way. Oh, when my boys were just getting out of high school, we bought Harley Davidson's and we started in Mexico and we drove them to Canada and we'd never been on the highway before. Uh, By the time we got to San Francisco, we knew how to change gears and everything. And sweet Maria was okay with this. No, she's not. I think she's like always confronting because she's, you know her. She's just so loyal and wise and faithful. And I think she just knows that there's going to be some crazy around the next corner. Yeah. Wow. 
when you are making that risk, let's just go to that one because that's such a great one because you're actually, in some regard, some people would say, risking your kids' lives, right? Like, But to get this adventure, when you're making that decision, do you have fears? Are you overcoming fears? Or do you just see the potential and the fun? Yeah, I think it's, uh, again, I'm back to that idea of living in anticipation, uh, like living uh, with this anticipation of what might be possible, what might happen. I think mm-hmm. I, I just say uh, uh, you're the theologian between the two of us, but the uh, you have a God who knows everything that has happened, is happening, and is going to happen, but the angels don't. The angels only know whatever God Tells them, yeah. go tell Mary she's going to be a mother, tell Joseph he's going to be a father. And so, what if you were to picture the angels leaning over the rails of heaven, just wondering what's going to happen next? And unless mm-hmm. God told them, they don't know. And I want to dazzle the angels. And what dazzles the angels isn't doing risky base jumping, all that, it's obedience. Which is so crazy because you have me that's like, like, let's do this. But you can live with both of those intention. You can live a really obedient life and be obedient to this calling like Paul to Timothy to fan the flames of this unique gift God's given you. And so I think that's the tension we're trying to navigate constantly as a family, knowing that we're all so very different. Well, I think what I'm most curious about in this is Bob Goff, as we know him today, I think everybody goes bigger than life. Like this is, you you choose adventure every day, but I'm like, Bob Goff wasn't always Bob Goff. Like it's choices you've made and it's it's living into a fuller story than a lot of us ever choose to live in. And I love what you talk about in, in, in Undistracted. It's, it's basically this idea that you don't want to miss your life. Like to some degree, we get distracted and we miss the most important parts. And, and so talk just a little bit about maybe to the person that, thinks, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to risk too much. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would just ask a really honest question to say, what is that connected to? And so as I've done some of that, if people just know me on the surface and we go back many years, but if people just know me as like yippy skippy guy, uh, then I'm definitely a uppy guy. But underneath that is another layer and another layer. And when you get down to like you do some spelunking and turn the light on is a super insecure guy, a guy that was afraid he would be rejected by everybody. This Mm. is little Bobby Goff, seven years old, afraid I'd be left alone. Maybe somebody listening can remember when they got lost at the supermarket or an amusement park. But that feeling, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm utterly alone. And then you get found. Well, like growing up, I had that like, I'm lost. I will be not just overlooked, but actually rejected. And so then that does some weird stuff to you. You have to say, what are the stories you told yourself? And then what are some of the things you did to deal with the stories that you told yourself, even if the stories weren't true? And so that is the beauty of this thing that Jesus has invited us to. He could say, like, let's take an honest look at what is the story you've told. And then let's pour a ton of truth and obedience over that. Uh, And there's something beautiful that happens. I, I look back at your life and you have some threads of interest, I'm sure, that that will come out that maybe you don't know if you haven't read his books or if you don't know personally know Bob, but you know, at the end of the day, like you were a lawyer. Like you that was that was kind of how you entered the world. Yeah. I mean the adult world. And so talk about that. But that led to adventures with Uganda and governments and bringing yeah. all these crazy people together. Yeah. Talk about 
just even how how you wrote it, because it started in a very black and white kind of not what you would think of as for Bob Goff. <laughs> I know it, gets, it doesn't get any more traditional than literally having a white picket fence around this little house we've got uh, and being a lawyer. And I wore suits and I tried cases. I'd be like, wait, what? Like that. <laughs> but then there's something about this idea of being a new creation that we don't need to be who we used to be. And like that version of Bob's on the bus uh, to just say like, so uh, I'm not being limited by my capabilities. So some of us are known for whatever it is. Like take you, you're known as an author and a speaker and all that. And if you take away everything that you're known for, whatever's left is who you are. So yep. take away Bob, the lawyer, what's left, take away Bob, the balloon guy, what's left. And just that whole idea, that's the adventure to take away all of the capabilities that you're known for. And then to just have a conversation with God to just say, Hey, who's the next version of me? And the next version of me is a grandpa. Like a little, I got three grandkids now. And so then I'm trying to change some things around to Imagine just be Bob Goff's grandkids, y'all. Just oh just my gosh, can you met? We're gonna get into so much fun and misdemeanors. Like, so the whole idea of just say kind of keep current with who God's turning you into instead of reading all the news articles about who you were. Uh, yep. Because then otherwise I'd be Bob the lawyer and I'm not Bob the lawyer. And who were you before people knew you as, you know, Jeannie Allen and if yeah. and all that? Tell me about you before everybody knew you. I mean, honestly, I mean, probably the best description. I was a Razorback cheerleader. And that's a pretty good little spot for me. Like I am a cheerleader. I'm a cheerleader of people. I was a cheerleader of my friends' gifts. I like I just I think that actually although I couldn't do a herky to save my life anymore, I still think it's exactly who I am and what I do in life, you know? Uh, yeah, just a different version, a more current yeah. version. So I yeah. teach uh, at Pepperdine Law School uh, and I teach a class there, have been for like 15 years, which cracks me up because they wouldn't let me into law school there, <laughs> but they let me teach there. But even better, <laughs> I teach a class at San Quentin. Uh, Jenny, you have to come with me. I, I got a hundred guys in this class. Most yeah. of them are serving multiple life terms. I have learned so much oh. from these guys. They're just wow. amazing. There's a great verse, Second Peter 1.3. It says that God has already given us everything that we need to lead beautiful, godly lives. And I'm learning from these guys that live in six and a half foot wide by eight foot long cells two of them, and they each are rocking 240, uh, a bathroom, a sink, everything they own in this little seven by eight foot, 130 year old cell. And these guys, God is meeting them. And just, I never, they haven't learned a thing from me. I just go to learn every three weeks. I just go and get to learn some more from these guys. There's a guy there and his name is Chris. And they call him Chef Chris because he doesn't like prison food, uh, which is a problem because he's in for life. And that's what yeah. they're serving. Uh, yeah. And But so what he's done is he's gone to all the guys and let them know what he needs. And so I, the last time I was there, he had a pulled pork sandwich. And I yeah. promise you, they are not serving that. But right. somebody snuck him a pulled pork sandwich. I asked him the coolest thing he's ever made. He made a cheesecake in uh -huh. his prison cell. And no. what he did is he just, he got the guys to get the butter off their plates and the little cream wow. cheese shooters and the whatever. And he <laughs> had to 
steal uh, some of these like little uh, donut things and he broke them all up. Uh, and together, everybody in B Block was fed. Like, cause they yeah. were delighted in being part of what Chris was doing, meeting his need. And I just hope in our faith communities, we can summon enough uh, courage to say, this is what I need, because yeah. I believe God has given us everything that we need to lead these beautiful, godly lives. And what he's given to your listeners is you. He's given them like me. Every family has a nutty uncle and a lawyer in it. I'm like, sign me up for both. Um, <laughs> but what I want to do is just constantly assess who has he dropped in your life? What opportunities? Yeah. And yeah. then to your point, what's distracting you from them? What's yeah. keeping you away from being the person that God's creating you to be? Did you always know what you were passionate about? Was it always clear or did you stumble your way into it? Yeah, I think it's a more of a stumble. So some people describe their interactions with God that more narrative. Like I said to God, like, you know, no way. And he said, Yahweh. And like, <laughs> like it's a conversation. For me, it's more of a uh, knowing what the authoritative word of God said. I'm like a Bible verse guy, but I also write books and I never put any Bible verses in them because I know what I'm supposed to do. I want to talk to the guy at the tire store. That's I want good. that guy to feel yes. welcome. And I just assume somebody that's in their second year of seminary will know where the story is I'm telling is where that they could find that. And I'm not trying to be right. I know how to write a trial brief and win, uh, but I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to be Jesus. And he always mm. just made it a simpler, more authentic version that's accessible. Like he points to two sheep and he says, it's like one of those gets away. And everybody goes, I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has that been hard for you to stay so simple? Like, what do you have to be careful of? I think simple is my resting position. Sometimes <laughs> a distraction could be uh, people that are, uh, could be uh, perhaps hypercritical of one another. Yeah. It's almost like where uh, the guards of our faith are actually the prisoners of it. I've wondered if uh, sometimes in somebody's zeal to uh, make sure somebody else is following what they should be doing, they kind of lose their own way. And so I just haven't been influenced when somebody pointed a bony finger in my direction. Uh, and I'm not saying go uh, go light on either doctrine or on uh, mistakes that people made, but just be a safe place. Yeah. Be Switzerland, man. Give me a bar of chocolate and a bobsled. I just want to be a people where a place where people could come and they'd feel safe. And then you can actually do some stuff that's really worthwhile. What I do is I, I don't know if you, I imagine do the same thing. I have a lot of thoughts. I just keep them in my thought bubble. Like, so yeah. in a cartoon, there's a thought bubble and it's filled with all kinds of things. Somebody will say something super lame and my thought bubble immediately fills up. I just don't let it out of the thought bubble. And yeah. that's a little bit of James, like to watch this tongue of yours, because I got a fast tongue and mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't want to be the guy uh, that's doing that. I want to be someone safe where we can continue the adventure, continue the conversation together and just kind of say like, hey, let's just dive in. I don't know. Who cares what I think? Like, do, have you ever found a verse that helped you understand that better? Uh, mm. To kind of point it back towards that rather than a Bob, like, and what I think it, you can divide that by a really big number and you should divide it by a bigger number. Uh, but to say, what does God say about that? And be like, now we got a conversation. 
For stylish and comfortable shoes, shop Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. This year, I have really cut back on just like casual, you know, buy a t-shirt when I'm at Target spending and buying shoes and shirts that truly last a long time that I love and will wear with just about anything. Rothy's are durably designed so you can keep them in your closet longer, so you can even put them in the washing machine when they need refreshing. My Rothy's have held up in, I'm not joking, they look exactly like I just pulled them out of the box, probably well over a year ago, maybe two now, but Rothy's can be worn any season and dressed up, dressed down. They are some of the most versatile shoes that I own. What's fun is that Rothy's also makes tote bags and their totes are made with approximately 618 grams of ocean-bound marine plastic. Rothy's fan favorite shoes like the flat and the point are made from 11 recycled plastic bottles. Isn't that cool? You can look good and have effortlessly chic style that doesn't sacrifice on comfort. Rothy's original slip-on sneaker won the best slip-on sneaker from Self Magazine 2022, and they are made to last. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this. You never set out to be a writer. It kind of found you, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And the story, I mean, tell everybody a little bit about that because I think some people aspire to be a writer. I never did. It found me too. And I think that's not really a great aspiration because you want to live a life. And if, if God wants you to tell about it or talk about it, you'll get the chance, but live a life worth writing about, right? Don't just try to become a writer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what part of it is just to take notes. Uh, If you want to live a noteworthy life, like Take some notes on what's going on. I bet I send myself 150 emails a day. Literally, at the end of the day, I look at my emails. I'm like, him again, block. Um, but what I'll do is I'll just say something will catch my ear, like an idiom, like a cut to the chase. This is something everybody's always heard. But it comes from the silent movie days. Uh, and because there was no narrative, there's no audio track, they would have a chase scene. And you could tell what's going on in the movie by what's going on in the chasing. So cut to the chase is like cut to the part where something happens. And so if faith guides the steps of somebody who's listening right now, you could say Galatians 5, 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressed in love. For me, that feels like cut to the chase. So what I would do is I'd send myself a little email and just say cut to the chase. And I would put Galatians 5, 6. And I'll just be like thinking about that idea of dwelling in these things. So I don't know how you craft your books, but mine are 90 stories, three per chapter, all like linked together. So if you do every book that I've ever written has about 90 little stories in it wow. uh, linked together. And there's a yeah. reason that's they're worth talking about. And in the bigger and better thing, it's about like, if you lose your keys, uh, what do you do? You think like, where was the last place I saw him, right? Yeah. So what if you say, if you've lost your joy, like say, what right. was the last time I was feeling joyful? Let's say you're in a marriage and you've lost your hope right now. And you're like, I've just raised that. And you feel this gut punch right now to say, gosh, what's that connected to? And to say, what was the last time I felt hopeful? And then uh, Hebrews 11, one, like this idea that 
Uh, faith is confidence in what you're hoping for and assurance in what you haven't seen. If you haven't seen that relationship where you were touching knees like you used to, say, what was the last time we experienced that? And go back there and say, can we find our keys together? Like these are just really honest uh, questions and conversations. And I hope our faith will lead us there and we'll have communities of faith that will point us in those directions, not shame us into it, but just kind of point us towards it. Uh, Revelations too, like you've you've lost your first love. I remember, do you remember the first time you and Zach touched knees on purpose? <laughs> I remember when we touched hands, yeah. Yeah, when you're <laughs> like a thing. Now yeah, you have, like the, right. we're a thing now. Like yeah. return to that place. Like I just, yeah. I want that in your faith too. Like if you yeah. feel like I'm doing this thing, but then I got distracted by people that had a bunch of opinions. And I just, I want people to meet Jesus. I don't want them to meet my opinions. Mm. I want to go back to the day Don Miller ends up on your dock somehow, right? Yes. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So we live. Because uh, that was the first time I heard about you was in a Don Miller book. And I want to just go back to that minute. Like he, this young guy gets out and you give him water. Like you didn't think much about that minute. Oh no, I could smell those guys coming. I don't think they'd bathe for a week and they're paddling their kayaks up. And I was just happened to be down by the docks. And I said, are you guys hungry? And they were like, yes. And so up at the lodge, we have uh, the nearest uh, neighbor, like a neighborhood or a house would be 10,000 square miles. So you're just in the bush. We make our electricity off a glacier on the property. And we were like green before that was a thing. Uh, And we raise our own food now. We catch uh, our meals in the rivers. And so uh, Don paddled up with a couple of guys. And then we ended up just becoming friends. I didn't know he wrote books. I'd never heard of the guy before. And uh, and then I remember they paddled away at midnight. We all jumped in the water uh, in the phosphorescence. So when anytime anybody leaves, we jump off the dock and just celebrate. And I think there's something about those kinds of traditions because they create the moment. Yes. And they remember the moment and you want to return there because that's where your keys are. Uh, and I think if we could do more of that intentionally. I know you've done that with your kids, creating a lot of moments. You do that on your bus tours, creating moments with people. I just want to do more of that with people. Mm. So it's actually looking for the opportunity and saying, oh, we're so going for this. Basic question, but why? Yeah, I think the the reason is we get about 27,383 days, give or take. Yeah, more if you eat broccoli and less if you eat Pop-Tarts like me. But so to just say, uh, it sounds like a big number until you're me and you have 23,000 in the rearview mirror. You go like, dang. <laughs> that went fast. Yeah, so I just go like, what do I want to leave behind? Because someday I'm going to end up in a jar. I actually find writing books to be very tedious, but I want something to lean up against the jar later. <laughs> to yeah. say, I was actually here. Oh, <laughs> I had some thoughts about some things and experience. So anytime you have this opportunity and somebody says, hey, do you want to? It doesn't mean an automatic yes, but I get an automatic maybe on that. I love that. And you've taught me that. And I, I don't know that I feel like I, I like to take risks and something keeps me from doing it more often. And I, that's why I like your book, Undistracted, because I don't think it's big. I, I don't know that it's fear as much as it is comfort or just, it's a lot. Like I I think right now, Bob, I don't think I'm alone in this. 
a lot of people feel a little bit weary and a little bit heavy. And so it's easier just to go through the mundane rather than to think outside the box. Totally get that. If you've been beat up a lot relationally, emotionally, financially, just got like, I'm just tapped out. But you've probably felt that way and then move through it. So talk about that of why, why it's still worth it. Yeah. I think that, uh, in the Romans, it talked about, uh, that suffering produces endurance, endurance results in character and character produces hope. So what people see on the surface is me like hopeful, happy Bob. And for, if you find people that are hopeful and happy, I promise you, you will find some suffering that produced endurance, endurance that results in character and character shows itself at hope, but you, we want to go straight to hope. And so to realize, like, I just, this is a hard time. It sucks. It's just hard. Get real about it. Bring that to Jesus. But don't just say life's hard. Let's tease out why is it hard? Like, let's make a list because that idea of making your requests known to God, God said, I know it before you asked. I think it starts with making the request known to yourself. This is what I need. Chef Chris needs not prison food. Uh, And then to assess what's around you. And instead of being distracted by this big thing that's happened, your house burned down or your relationship burned down or your career burned down, to just say, what would happen if we started rebuilding? Um, Mm. What might be possible? Because I just don't want to live in the ashes. And this isn't this upbeat, yippy, skippy thing. I think, I think we've all find somebody who's really optimistic and I'll show you somebody who's found a key for suffering to endurance, endurance to character and character to hope. Uh, And so uh, God never compares what he creates. And so that one will get you distracted every time. So if you're comparing, if you're beat and you meet Mr. Yippie Skippy, then you go like, well, I just can't relate. What I want you to do is say, what is God uniquely doing in your life? And not only what has he been doing, but what is he going to do? I want to lift your eyes towards that. Uh, And it isn't just being hopeful. It's just saying, what do you want to experience? And let's hang a target on it. Did you know this, uh, Jenny, if you uh, were walking in the Gobi Desert and you didn't have any, uh, there's no sensory perception. I've been there and it's just a big desolate lot of sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually you'll walk in a circle to your left or you'll walk wow. in a circle to your right uh, because your stride is either a little longer on one foot or the other wow. one. But as soon as you have something you're aiming towards, a tree, a truck, a camel that isn't moving, then you start walking in a straight line. And you wow. see where we're headed with this. Like hang a target on something worth hanging a target on. So for us, it's our faith, it's our family, it's our like things, but hang targets on the things that are worth walking towards. Uh, otherwise, you end up just doing some version of a like really tight circle or so a really true. big circle. Yep. So part of it is just knowing what's going to outlast me and, mm-hmm. and aiming for that. Because popularity, man, applause. If you want yes. that, join the circus. Uh, but to just say, I'm going to hang my target on my family. I'm going to hang my target on encouraging some other people. Uh, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm not going to become a caricature. If you're always Jenny Allen, this like people have mm-hmm. this view of you that's bigger than life, uh, then uh, if we start reading those news clippings, then we become a caricature. Or if I'm always 
Bob the happy guy, but I'm actually not in touch with like, I'm just sad about a couple of things. I'm concerned about a couple of things. I'm not overwhelmed by those things, but I'm aware. And I think that's what I want to advocate. Just like, let's figure out what's that connected to. Can I tell you a quick little story? My dad uh, uh, was in training for the army when way back when like Korean war and they had these fake grenades and they would throw the grenade. And, uh, it's like a couple M eighties. Well, he forgot to throw the grenade and it blew off like half of one of his fingers. And he never told me growing up what happened. And so I grew up thinking I had too many fingers. Because my dad had nine and a half and I had 10. And so, you know what, uh, Thanksgiving, when you draw the outline of the turkey with your hand, like, right, my yeah. feathers weren't as long as everybody else's. I literally folded my finger over because oh I thought I had too many fingers. What I wanted, what I'm saying is let's figure out what's the myth. Let's find out the truth about that. <laughs> and then just unfold your fingers. Like, yeah. let's just go, let's. Let's not let's count how many fingers everybody else has. Let's say, what has God given me right now? Uh, and then get real about the things you're sad about and the things you're hopeful about. Uh, and I'm all back to just like find a couple of voices you can trust in your life. You're a voice I trust. Like you said, I'm not blowing sunshine at you. You're a voice I trust. You're not going to make the wrong kind of headline and I'm not either. Um, <laughs> but just say like, but you're be. be that way. Yeah. Be that one. You know, I, I think about today, like just, I don't know, Bob, if you share your age, but- 64 in two weeks. 64. So you've got a lot of healthy years left, God willing, and you keep dreaming new dreams. Talk about new dreams you have today. Oh my gosh. Like we started a school in Afghanistan for girls a couple of years ago, maybe five, six years ago. I didn't know anything about Afghanistan other than they don't let girls learn how to read and write, which just chapped me because that's like the best half of our society. So I actually flew to Kabul to go meet a guy uh, who I met on WhatsApp. He said he wouldn't say who he was or what he did until I get off the plane in Kabul and I meet him. Turns out he's like 30 feet from the president of Afghanistan. Wow. He's like right at the top of their leadership. And he wanted to know if I would trust him enough to do what he told me to do. Then he trusts me enough to build a school with me. And yesterday we've got a school in one of the provinces where they don't allow girls to go to school. Every single one of our girls is in school. Wow. Uh, and the reason is we asked. We said, <laughs> would you let our girls stay in school? And because we were humble and respectful, even though yeah. the guys running the place are crooked, like because we were humble, they said yes, so long as you don't make a big deal about it. And so <laughs> yesterday, there's a picture of like feeding uh, food for hundreds of little girls to bring oh, to their families all happening. And everybody's thinking there's one thing going on and God is doing something else. I love that. And it sounds noble to do something across the ocean, but you're going to only find two times in scripture where somebody went across the ocean. Paul got shipwrecked and Jonah got eaten. Uh, <laughs> so what I want us to do is go across the Good. street. Like do it of your neighbor. Like, That's so do it right exactly right. Bake them yep. a pie. And if they don't want yep. it, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, instead of agreeing with all the things Jesus said, let's just like yeah. do a couple. And it was always a lawyer like me that was trying to set him up. And he said, love God and love the people around you. 
It is always a joy when Bob joins us on the podcast. He is uh, someone that we just respect so greatly, and his book, oh gosh, so long ago now, one of his original books, Love Does, I just, I still think about different funny things like the habit of quitting something once a week or all the just incredible ways that Bob makes ordinary life feel like a adventure every single day. So you can find all of his books. His most recent one is called Undistracted, and we will link that in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.